Thank you for joining me for another broadcast of A Voice of One Crying in the Wilderness. Today's episode is The Two Churches. There are two churches in the world. The one you choose to belong to is the most important decision you will make in your entire life because the results of your decision are eternal. The first church, you must enter through a narrow gate. The God of Israel is their God, a God who is a jealous husband, who will not share his bride with any other gods a husband who cherishes his bride, protects her, and provides for her, even when his bride divorced him and turned and prostituted herself to pagan gods. Her husband, the God of Israel, forgave her adulterous behavior and redeemed her sending his only son who died rescuing her so that she could be reunited to her husband. A celebration is being planned for Yahweh's bride. A mansion is being prepared for her because of Yahweh's unwavering love for her. And not a mansion only, but an entire city. Revelation, the 21st chapter says, Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Also, she had a great and high wall with 12 gates and 12 angels at the gates and names written on them, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. Three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south and three gates on the west. Now the wall of the city had 12 foundations and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the lamb. And he who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city, its gates and its walls. The city is laid out as a square. Its length is as great as its breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs. Its length, breadth, and height are equal. Then he measured 
its walls, 144 cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of an angel. The construction of its walls was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedony, the fourth emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardis, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysophas, the eleventh hyacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were was twelve pearls. Each individual gate was one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. But I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light. And the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. But there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. The second church, you must enter in through the wide gate. Lucifer is their God. You have the liberty to live as you choose, to be your own God. You can have it all. Live by the desires of your heart. You don't have to serve the God of Israel with all his commandments and laws. Why serve a jealous God when you can serve an all-embracing God? The reward for being a member of this church is having your reward while you are now living. You get to enjoy it in the here and now. However, when this life is over, this church will be condemned for spending its inheritance on things of this world. Death, hell, and the grave will be thrown into the lake of fire with Lucifer and those who follow his pernicious ways, who were deceived by his clever devices, who worshiped him and the pagan gods under his authority. 
There will be no possibility of redemption. There will be gnashing of teeth and torment forever. There is no death because death is already there. There is no rest because the grave is there also. Matthew, the 25th chapter says, when the son of man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, come, be blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous would answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not take me in naked and you did not clothe me sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also would answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into everlasting, but the righteous into eternal life. Are you saved? Can you lose your salvation? The religious church would have you believe that you will go to heaven by entering the wide gate because you said that you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God and that he died for your sins. James chapter two says that if you believe in one God, you do well. But demons also believe there is one God and tremble. 
It is not enough to believe that Yahweh sent his son to die for your sins. You have to be obedient to the commandments of Yahweh. You have to turn away from walking in the way you walked when you were walking in sin and walk in a way that is pleasing and honors Yahweh. If you don't, then you are not walking in the direction that will end in the presence of Yahweh for all eternity. Matthew, the seventh chapter says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. People ask, was Judas saved? He sat under the teaching of Yeshua for three years. Yeshua chose him to be one of his disciples. But Yeshua also knew he would betray him and that he was not going to become an apostle. That is why he is called. That's why he called him the son of perdition. Yeshua chose him so that the scripture would be fulfilled concerning him. Many are called, but few are chosen. Acts, the first chapter says, and in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. Altogether, the number of names were about 120 and said, men and brethren, this scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Yeshua. For he was numbered with us and obtained a part of this ministry. Now, this man purchased a field with the wages of iniquity and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle and all his entrails gushed out. And it became known to all those dwelling in Jerusalem. So that field is called in their own language. Akel Dama, that is field of blood, for it is written in the book of Psalms, let his dwelling place be desolate and let no one live in it and let another take his office. Therefore, of these men who have accompanied us all the time that the Lord Yeshua went in and out among us beginning from the baptism of John to that day when he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. And they proposed to Joseph called Bersabbas, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias, 
and they prayed and said, you, O Lord, who knows the hearts of all, show which of these two you have chosen to take part in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they cast their lots and the lot fell on Matthias and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. You cannot lose salvation because you can't take salvation away from mankind. It is an established gift that Yahweh ordained and set in order, just as you can't take the sun away. It was put in place by Yahweh and set in order. Salvation is not predicated on whether you accept it. Salvation is the pathway to citizenship in the kingdom of heaven manifested in obedience, in sacrifice, in blood, in death, in resurrection by the power of Yahweh and his son and our kinsman redeemer, Yeshua Messiah. If you do not adhere to the laws and principles of salvation, you will suffer the consequence of eternal damnation in the lake of fire. Whether salvation is yours depends on who you choose to worship, the God of Israel or a religious system that leads to destruction. If the Lord tarries, you might have 40 years to wander in the wilderness before taking the road to the promised land. Or you can choose to stay in Egypt and not even journey on the road to the promised land. However, if you want to get to the promised land, you have to leave Egypt and journey through the wilderness of this world in order to see the promised land. Salvation was established by Yahweh before the world was made. It is what predestination is. Yahweh, who foreknew that man would sin, established a way by which he could be redeemed from his sin. The idea that predestination is the knowledge of Yahweh knowing who will be saved and who won't is contrary to our understanding of Yahweh. We know Yahweh knows the past, present, and future of all mankind. He created it all with a purpose and a plan. He established its laws and boundaries that allows it to exist and put all things in its place. He is God. Anything less and he would not be God. Predestination is not the knowledge of who will be saved but an established plan that can save him. You still have to choose the narrow gate and walk the straight path. The wisdom of man is foolishness to Yahweh. Yahweh's judgment on this nation is because of unrepented sin. When God destroys nations, 
it is because of sin. America's resolve and military power won't save it from destruction, no matter who is president. Consider Babylon and what God did concerning King Nebuchadnezzar found in Daniel, the fourth chapter. Nebuchadnezzar, the king. To all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that the Most High God has worked for me. How great are his signs and how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his domain his, and his dominion is from generation to generation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in my house and flourishing in my palace. I saw a dream which made me afraid, and the thoughts on my bed and the visions of my head troubled me. Therefore, I issued a decree to bring in all the wise men of Babylon before me. That they, might make, that they may make known to me the interpretation of the dream. Then the magicians, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers came in, and I told them the dream. But they did not make known to me its interpretation. But at last Daniel came before me, his name is Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God. In him is the spirit of the holy God. And I told him the dream before him, saying, Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy God is in you and no secret troubles you, explain to me the visions of my dream that I have seen and its interpretation. These were the visions of my head while on my bed. I was looking and behold, a tree in the midst of the earth and its height was great. The tree grew and became strong, its height reached to the heavens and it could be seen to the ends of all the earth. Its leaves were lovely, its fruit abundant, and in it was food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it. The birds of the heavens dwelt in its branches and all flesh was fed from it. I saw in the visions in, of my head while on my bed, and there was a watcher, a holy one coming down from heaven. He cried aloud and said thus, chop down the tree and cut off its branches, strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts get out from under it and the birds from its branches. Nevertheless, leave the stump and roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze. In the tender grass of the field, let it be wet with the dew of heaven 
and let him graze with the beasts on the grass of the earth. Let his heart be changed from that of a man. Let him be given the heart of a beast and let seven times pass over him. This decision is by the decree of the watchers and the sentence by the word of the holy ones in order that the living may know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men gives it to whomever he wills and set over it the lowest of men. This dream I, King Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now you, Belteshazzar, declare its interpretation, since all the men of my kingdom are not able to make known to me the interpretation. But you are able, for the spirit of the holy God is in you. Then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, was astonished for a time, and his thoughts troubled him. So the king spoke and said, Belteshazzar, do not let the dream or its interpretation trouble you. Belteshazzar answered and said, My Lord, may the dream concern those who hate you and its interpretation concern your enemies. The tree that you saw, which grew and became strong, whose height reached to the heavens and which could be seen by all the earth, whose leaves were lovely and its fruit abundant, in which was food for all, under which the beasts of the field dwelt, and in whose branches the birds of the heavens had their home. It is you, O king. You have grown and become strong, for your greatness has grown and reached to the heavens, and your dominion to the end of the earth. And inasmuch as the king saw a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven and saying, chop down the tree and destroy it, but leave its stump and roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze in the tender grass of the field. Let it be wet with the dew of heaven and let him graze with the beasts of the field till seven times pass over him. This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the, is the decree of the Most High, which has come upon my Lord the king. They shall drive you from men. Your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and they shall make you eat grass like oxen. They shall wet you with the dew of heaven and seven times shall pass over you till you know that the most high rules in the kingdoms of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. And inasmuch as they gave the command to leave the stump and roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be assured to you after you come to know that heaven rules. Therefore, O king, let my advice be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by being righteous and your iniquity by showing mercy to the poor. 
Perhaps there may be a lengthening of your prosperity. All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of the 12 months, he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. The king spoke saying, is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? While the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you and they shall drive you from men and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make you eat grass like oxen and seven times shall pass over you until you know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. That very hour, the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men and ate grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. And at the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven and my understanding returned to me. And I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? At the same time, my reason returned to me and for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and splendor returned to me. My counsel, counselors and nobles resorted to me and resorted to me. I was restored to my kingdom and excellent majesty was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol the honor of the king of heaven, all of whose works are true and his ways justice. And those who walk in pride, he is able to put down. Christ, when he was on the earth, lived under Roman political authority as we do today. He did not focus or direct his ministry on changing the political authority that ruled over Jerusalem in his time, but focused his teachings and ministry to the poor and sick, both spiritually and physically. He challenged the religious establishment about the truth of what they were teaching in the name of his father. There are two churches in the world. There is no middle ground. Either you serve a jealous God who will not accept any other gods beside himself, or you can serve a God who will accept 
any God or religious morality you want to bring to the table. Any any philosophical debate you can muster, any alternative speculation you can dream up, anything you can fathom as long as it is not serving the God of creation, Elohim, the God of Israel. So choose this day who you will serve, man or God. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. I know we'll see each other again, but for now, love you later.